0: I'm Stuart Macleod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, we have our first guest from New Zealand on the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Marilyn Davies, who is the founder and CEO of a wonderful firm, Tandem Group. This is the first time I really got to sit down and chat with Marilyn. And from the start, her experience and passion for the industry are entirely apparent. Throughout our conversation, she generously provides plenty of tips for the younger generation of accountants coming through. But even if you're not that young, there's something in here for everybody. (laughs) Let's get into it. Welcome, Marilyn Davies from the Tandem Group. It's a very interesting question, isn't it, Marilyn, how COVID has affected the economies. Globally, right? I think, and, and, you know, let's talk about Australia and New Zealand in a sec, but the the US, do you know the worst thing I reckon that's happened is it's really exposed, it's one of the worst things about this country, it's exposed the shallowness or the lack of foundation that the economy has evolved into because the main industries which is consumerism <laughs> importing exporting you know it's not like new zealand australia that that has a well percentage wise you know that manufacture sorry the agriculture and the mining is not really a thing here percentage wise compared to other you know aspects of the economies right and so the gig economy which has has come up you know the uberification of the world has really exposed you know, how fragile it is, right? Like if nobody's going anywhere, well, you don't need Uber, do you? And you don't, you know, and and those workers, you know, despite a lot of um, or some efforts to the contrary, you know, are totally exposed. There's not the social and medical and governmental safety systems that the Australians and, and the Canadas and the New Zealand's of the world uh, have in place you know if you, if you don't have a job you don't you can't go to the hospital you can't afford it you don't have insurance, which is very different to where we you and I grew grow up right hugely different and and you know the funny thing to me always here is you know that, that's socialism here, right like <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> just a government or a tax taxpayer paid a medical and social safety net is socialism, you know. So it's it's been eye opening. I mean, I, there's no way. I don't know, maybe I'm just saying too much. There's no way I would live in America without a huge, or you know, our family's capacity. Given that I've got a choice <laughs> of living anywhere I want to, given our family's capacity to pay for it, you know, you do you do not want to rely on on the government or maybe the community. I mean, communities are much better and we live in a, in a small one. You do not want to rely on the government for anything in this country. That that's might be a sad indictment on Western society. How, how, do you, how do you think New Zealand will pull through this economy economic-wise?
1: We're doing well, um, except that supply chain's very interrupted so we've got, normally we would have a two-month lead time to get goods from, let's say, China or the States, and now we've got six months. And that's making a huge difference because most of the um, inventory people are buying has to be paid prepaid, so they're having to have that money out a lot longer, you know, so it's putting some working capital stress on businesses and keeping us very busy. So I'm sure. Yeah,
0: and you know the currencies are supposed to be the mechanism that you know aids all that, right? Like if you can be sort of a net producer, but you know within reason, (laughs) you know, New Zealand's buying in US dollars. It's nearly I don't know what it it was sixty five cents or something last time I looked at it, and you know that's that's a lot of uh, New Zealand dollars to outlay for one dollar US, or
1: and to have it on the water you know, for such seemingly long periods of time. But it's creating, I mean, the big thing here is construction at the moment. We've got a, a huge housing shortage and construction's massive, but the delays that they're having is just creating a nightmare for everybody.
0: And therefore prices go up because it's supply and demand, right? And therefore property prices go up and stamp duties go up, but not as not as quick as the government needs You don't have stamp duty in New Zealand. No capital gains, no stamp duty. No wonder everybody moves to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, well, we,
1: we have a pseudo capital gains. If you sell a property that you don't live in within 10 years, then you need to pay capital gains on it.
0: Oh, okay. So you get to nine years and 364 days and offload that one into another one. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, well,
1: if you live in it, you get an exemption for that, but you can't flip. So,
0: Some days, not all days, but some days I miss... A relatively more simple tax system, and 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 I'm talking about Australia, and then New Zealand compared to Australia is even <laughs> more simple again. Yeah, simple is better. Simple is better. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and knowing where you are, you know, so you know that's that's really important.
0: We had some guests uh, on our last podcast that are heavily into crypto. Do you, in your client base, are you seeing any much cryptocurrency? No, no, not yet.
1: Not, not yet.
0: No. Tell us about your client base. What, what, is, what is the, the uh, staple of, of Maryland's customers these days?
1: <laughs> right. I'd, uh, probably I have a large client base, which I've built up over 20-odd years, and a really good supportive team that helped me with that. So I have a client manager type structure under me. So those client managers are very client-centric. They have a limited number of people to look after, and their focus is those people. Uh, about thirty-five uh, percent of that is rural, and ten years ago that would have been sixty-five percent. So it isn't that I've lost any rural; I've just grown the commercial.
0: Well, it's probably reflective of the broader, broader New Zealand economy a bit too.
1: <laughs> yes, and um, we've gone. Uh, I've got probably thirty percent of my client base is outside our region, so that's um, that's also good for me in terms of giving a bit of a, a, a mixed bag. I probably have about 25% of the higher net worth clients are in manufacturing. Probably another 20% of the, uh, will be in property development. I've got a, quite a big following in that space. It's a bit of a specialist field that we've got into and got referrals for that. And that we, um, you know, it is a specialist area really. So that this is sort of lar- larger developments. Because land's a bit of a, a difficult resource in, in our region and in all of New Zealand, actually.
0: Yeah, property prices in, in Auckland and, and everywhere are through the roof. And property development also is, we're talking about the complexity of taxes, but but you do get, if anything's going to be complex, it's sort of, you know, land acquisition, development, on sale, GST, all of that kind of thing. <laughs> the rest is
1: a mixed bag, really, of Virtually any industry. So, you know, for me, if I like the people, I like the business and I think I can make a difference, that's the key. If I think I can make a difference, then that's when I'm um, in boots and all. So otherwise I leave them to the younger guys because I've got five business partners and, and so we're obviously trying to build them up and they've taken some clients from me but the majority of them they're helping me with because it takes time to understand their business as well at the level that I want to provide advisory services and that the clients are used to so that we're not getting them switching to something that they're not
0: used to. Let me say this because it's top of my mind is the feedback and engagement that we've had from Tandem as as Carbon has been fantastic. It's been sensational. The service that you guys have, your humans have provided has been, you know, we've now got four other accountants around the world and um, I love them all, but uh, we 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 do have a a place in our heart for the service that uh, that tandem has provided. so so th- thank thank you for building up such a great business.
1: <laughs> yes, we've got a great team. they They all have that same client-centric fo- focus, which is fantastic. It, you know it's getting back quick, trying to make sure we do what we do when we need to do it, make sure everybody knows what we yeah. are doing. And what we're not doing, because sometimes we're not, you know, we're expecting that you will be doing things, and making sure that's clear.
0: Outlining who's responsible for what is a is a very good, uh, very very good way to start a relationship.
1: <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> Don't get too tied up on, um, you know, on worrying about things. We just try to make sure that we have a good experience together as. Uh, is what we find that keeps our stress low and your experience good, I hope.
0: <laughs> That's important. Low stress and good experience. There you go. You can put that on the website. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you a very experienced accountant and, and you mentioned, you know, being in business for, for the last two decades. What's What's been the biggest change, do you think, in, in New Zealand and or accounting and or what's the biggest change that comes to mind over that period of time?
1: Probably the use of technology. You know, the the embracement of zero has been revolutionary for us in our practice. You know, we became a platinum zero um, in one day. We just went, we're just going for this. <laughs> um, either we're doing it or we're not, and that's sort of how we do things. And if we are, we're, we're boots and all. So we just switched everybody. The team, sort of 70% of them were with us. 30% of it found it very odd and thought we were making the biggest mistake of all time. But now we'd never go back.
0: No, I bet. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> and that for our clients, I thought was going to be challenging getting them to change from their other systems, but they would, you know, we put a big sticker, the zero sticker on the window of the building and they'd walk in saying, I suppose you want me to switch to zero And we said, no, 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 you know, we've, we're using zero for our system and we, and we will be um, using online platforms, but you can use whatever you like. Oh, well, I want to come to zero because I'd rather be with what you're with. You've checked it out and it's going to be good. Now that being able to sit and talk to a client with me looking at their live data, is just stunning. You know, there's, there's nothing hidden. There's not, you know, there's, we can actually talk on today. We're not talking last month. We're not talking, you know, um, last year or the year before last, if we're late getting the financial statements done, we can be d- digging in. Now that, that ability, and of course, the use of the internet has just been phenomenal. And certainly with the COVID experience, that's the one thing that I was very grateful for is that that's held up well. You know, we've we've managed to get, you know, we've got a team of 75. They got all out at home and working really well. Some of them living quite rural and we were still able to be able to sort their internet out well enough that they could work efficiently. So we we're pretty happy with them.
0: Were you all 75 in the office pre-COVID? Yes, and what do you think the, the situation will be after, post-COVID?
1: <laughs> well, sort of 70%, again, of the people wanted to be back in the building the minute we could open the door. And in fact, many of them pleaded to go back and be solitary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, some of them were, you know, they've got small family homes, they perched on the end of the kitchen table. You know they're sitting in their bedroom that you know, the, the resort, you know they're not really set up they're not have the luxury that i have where i have a designated space so for many of them and they miss the the comradeship
0: the social interaction right
1: yeah but workers plays an important part in people's lives and that they get up and they come to work and they go home you know to be to stay at home all day by themselves you know, we saw lots of pictures of cooking.
0: <laughs> yeah, cooking and dogs and cats. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sourdough and knitting—all the things that we <laughs> that, that that went on. Yeah, well, that 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 doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think that's great, and and I feel that you know, that I miss the social interaction. That's why well. we're in the office today, and there's five or six people in here in Reno, and. Uh, you know, it's nice to see see people and bounce ideas and have have that social interaction. You do. I love my family, but you do get a little bit sick of each other twenty four seven, you know, months on end.
1: <laughs> we run a really healthy team environment, and people like that. You know, they you know get around and work together, which is which is really good. And I and I enjoy being part of that too. I enjoy the buzz of of people and. Having said that, it was uh, really exhausting being at home because you didn't get that interruption. You know, the interruption gives you gives you a bit of energy actually. because the, the constant work from home, you know, I was on back to back Zooms. It was pretty exhausting.
0: It is. It's it it affects your brain. You know, that sort of some days, you know, that eight to eight Zoom kind of day with very with very little. It's exhausting. It's I feel. And there are studies coming out about this and people people more intelligent than us are are looking into it, but there's definitely something about the feeling at the end of the day that's dramatically different from, you know, from a a long day in the office, definitely. (laughs) How how have your customers fared? How have your clients fared predominantly during COVID? I mean, you know, we can talk about the New Zealand experience of COVID a little bit too. I think... You know, out of everywhere, it's it's certainly kept the, the, the virus out and as much as, well, probably better than pretty much any other country, I think, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, we've been, yeah, we've been pretty fortunate. It's not the easiest track to take, having said that. What it does is that definitely um, some sectors of the economy are, are suffering severely tourism obviously is one but that's everywhere in the world I think that we've got that problem but we had a very strong forming domestic tourism happening to kind of fill the gaps for a wee while and you know we all decided we can't go overseas so we'll travel within our own beautiful country and and we've done that you know I bought a camper van and you know we've got off at the weekends and and um, done a bit of exploring been round the South Island and did some tripping like that well of course when you go to level of four it locks down one and a half million of our population in auckland and the tourism at the moment it's the height of the ski season um when you probably be familiar with queenstown well it's kind of dropped to not having a lot of people there at all which makes some of those businesses quite difficult to run because they you know they need they need the people but there's other sectors of the of the community you know i've got cleaning product companies that have quadrupled their turnovers. You know, I've got other businesses that have absolutely excelled. Event organisers are dead in the water. There's very little for them to do. Travel agents are just about non-existent, although we've got some that have, again, launched into the local market and decided to organise their own tours and do what they can to fill the gap because we're all hopeful that eventually we'll get vaccinated and we'll all be back to travelling, perhaps in a different way, but we'll be back to travelling again
0: yeah and and again pe- people will long look at the the responses from different countries and you know consider them in the in the benefit of hindsight but the same in australia looking from out from up here in the us looking looking back in the success at the start of the pandemic of keeping the virus out of australia and new zealand has led to some complacency in getting vaccinated and and so, some of those issues are sort of starting to yeah, as you say, really affect the the economy now. If if the vaccination levels were were way way up like they are in the US now, might not drag on so long.
1: So what has has given us though is the opportunity to plan, and we've launched into a rapid recovery program where we are helping those clients where we think that they need it to help them with their planning to to recover. This morning, I've been working on a client who we need. We now understand they need to carry. Two million, they've previously carried a million dollars in stock. They need to carry two million. A plan around how they're going to do that and fund it and work that out. So their recovery is going to be about providing their goods all the time. They do no back ordering, no waiting. You're going to have it on order. That sort of philosophy is what people with resources and the ability to plan do. So we're doing a lot of planning on making things better, not worse. And making COVID an opportunity, not a not a disaster.
0: Yes, well, the world's sort of going to have to live with it somehow. It's here with us for, for uh, the foreseeable future at least, and uh, hopefully it sort of just comes with like the flu, you know. There's those super shots that they're sort of talking about, and everybody gets vaccinated every year, and on we go.
1: <laughs> right. One of our local um, cafe, he's got a beer brewery included in the cafe. When COVID hit, he sent out his guys to go and buy groceries for old people. And, of course, it was advertised. Well, when we went back, that pub has never, you know, you couldn't get a seat, you couldn't get in.
0: Because the, commu- the community came together. and
1: Yes, really supported them back. You know, so I think that's the sort of thing businesses are looking to do is le- let's just see what we can do that will make a difference.
0: No, certainly that that kind of community spirit is is something that... um. I miss from the the southern hemisphere, definitely. (laughs) Particularly, you know, it's very, you know, New Zealand being what it is, it's very good at banding together and being persistent and resilient when required. We're we're only small, we need to. (laughs) That's it, that's it. We're talking a little bit about technology before, and that's the biggest change. And and I, you know, absolutely agree and sort of been on the other side of the the fence to some degree. Zero is a, an amazing New Zealand success story. Well, what, what do you think about that company in particular? Sort of changed the accounting landscape, really, didn't it? But what was it about Roden and, and that company's capacity to, you know, ha- have all that success?
1: The thing that I think that they did really well is engage with accountants. So they produced a product that would be able to be used both at the at the accounting end and at the client end and that was unusual really we've got other ones um, as you know myob and those sorts of ones but not to the same degree of ease of use and that's what they focused on they came and visited my office in 2006 or something like that and you know and sat down and had a long conversation about what it was that i would look for in software and yet we weren't an early adopter because we we tried and found that it needed to have a bit of a sort out and once we decided to press the go button though you know they 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 were well organized and able to cope with a firm our size
0: and back then you know Maya was sort of standing still on the internet wasn't it, it wasn't that it had already been around for I don't know what 10 15 years by 2006 or something at least you know perhaps when you get sort of the it's a great Case study in in, you know how how to look ahead and behind you at the same time. But you know, perhaps they'd stop listening to their customers a bit. I remember the the vitriol that that Maub received with their fax, fax updates, <laughs> the the ten percent increase in in fees and shipping CDs and all of that. You know, the, no wonder you know Rods Rods timing was fantastic in that sense and and they developed a good product by by listening to the consumer and listening to the accountant no doubt they
1: did and then of course for us um the sort of next stage was the one challenge that we had was that we our practice grew incredibly quickly and we had real difficulty with managing workflow you know this this being able to get back to the customer quickly make sure we understood all the work that was needed to be done, when it needed to be done, and introduced us to carbon. And that has made a massive difference to my life. It's taken all the stress away. You know, you're not worrying about missing things. People get alerts. And we we still believe we've got further to go with carbon. We're touching the very edge of it, in our view, in terms of how we're using it. And part of that is because to do it well, you've got to put time into setting it up make sure that it works for every single task and job and that the right words are used and that people understand what's happening. But in terms of being able to flow from a person a job from one person who's familiar with it to another person who might not, it's just been incredible for that, that we can move work around and I can know at any point of time where that work is, whereas before I would have no idea i'd have to go out into the you know go around 60 people and say have you got this job have you got this job what's happened to that job when the person's away sick so now we can just go in see what they were doing switch the work across and where we're, uh, everything keeps going which has made a massive difference to the worry level and the stress and the upset clients have gone you know because we just don't have them missing out because we have them you know programmed and planned and and
0: the system works. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear it. We feel like we've still got a long way to go with carbon as well. So hopefully we can stay out ahead of your needs as, as much as we possibly can. And we learned to, you know, so many wonderful lessons at zero and, and as you point out, one one of them is just staying close to your customer and we really feel like that um, that is embedded in our culture and you know please t- tell me if i'm ever wrong about that because it's important that, that our product people and our designers and and developers and everybody stay, you know is is in tune with people like yourself marilyn and and make sure that we we continue to build for you every day because you're you're a wonderful customer of ours and we really appreciate your your service and but also you know congratulations on your amazing success like you know, the Tan Tandem's a a wonderful, wonderful accounting firm, and which is evident by your s- customer base and your success over the years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, we've got a great team. They come to work every day, really focused on helping cl- our clients, which is awesome. I mean, we're we're very fortunate with the people that we've employed, and it is one of the biggest challenges we have. Um, New Plymouth, as you know, is a wee small town in the north island of New Zealand and we're off on a little blip on the edge of the island and it's very very difficult to get people to come here to work because they like the big cities and you know and with the university we don't have a university here so we don't get the university students um, what we do get is returning children which we've we're really grateful for that they come back to the province but it's really difficult to find people who will embrace our community and want to work in an accounting practice these days.
0: Is there an opportunity? Are you, have you considered, say, perhaps you know, opening it up to, to remote, more remote staff, perhaps some city folk? Or
1: we uh, outsourced to India and have used that probably for fifteen years or so because that's the only way we could really cope with the growth. So they work overnight for us, which is great. They dial in um, and work overnight, but you know it isn't ideal. What we'd prefer to have people we can engage with, that our clients can engage with, that are English speaking. Not that not that our Indians are, are they're great people, um, but you know that our culture in Taranaki is that we have you know we like each other, so, and anyone <laughs> different looked upon with with skepticism for quite some time you know it's getting that person that can come and relate and enjoy the kind of work that we like to do it's quite hard to find them we don't lose them but we don't find new ones either so that's the difficulty so growing's difficult in terms of bringing more team members on
0: is there another office in your dreams or uh
1: we have three offices now, so we yeah we have uh, one in Hāra, which is an hour away, and then one in Waitara, which is twenty minutes away. Those satellite offices are there to go to the people, really, because you know the, a lot of those people don't want to come into the city. They they like being there, so they're small. The Hāra ones has about nine people, and Waitara has six, so they're just small. Offices, but they work well. The directors that run them there are doing a great job and growing and they're a, a good addition to our firm.
0: You talked a little bit about succession planning. How do you see your legacy being continued or meant to continue to be on what you've been able to build up so far?
1: We've done that quite quickly. We were probably five years ago, we were three directors and one retired and we replaced that retired Ten years ago, one retired, and then for five years, there was just three of us. And then five years ago, we decided we needed to, we'd grown to the point where we needed to have more support, really, at that director end. So we've brought on another three. And there's another couple in the wings that are very keen to join us when the opportunity arises. So we, we don't lack that. You know, we, we could get business directors. It's just really getting that high quality person to deliver the, the actually doing the work. Because you know
0: <laughs> the backgrounds. Yeah, somebody somebody's got to do the hard work. <laughs> <from>. <laughs> no, I get, it. I get it. I get it. Is is there anything I've forgotten that we should talk about, Marilyn?
1: The sort of the, the one of the challenges is the as I've said is getting the the people. And one of the, the terrible things that happened in New Zealand was there was a television program that said that in the year twenty twenty five. Th uh maybe in twenty twenty 30, twenty thirty, there would only be twenty accountants in New Zealand because
0: programmes like Xero would Oh, there's sort of predicting doomsday sort of thing.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you won't need an accountant. You'll just be able to go to the IRD and then revenue service and, you know, file your tax return yourself by pressing a button on your software and you won't need an accountant that was the worst thing could happen because obviously students when, when they went to go and do study thought, gee, you know, there's going to be no future in that world and that's why we've got such a short gap. Having zero, there's never been a better growth opportunity for a firm than having software like that. You know, you, we sit and plan what we can do with clients. They They will ring us and say, you're the only people we can talk to. This is what we want to do. Can you help us work our way through it? And we can sit with them and help them and enjoy that process, but we need people to help.
0: Yeah, well, it's sort of short-sighted to to say that. Look, e- even when or if that's true, which is you know it's going to be a long long way after twenty thirty, I think, and probably never in the US because <laughs> things are just so complex. But don't you think like, you know, part of the you know what I'm hearing from you and what I hear from our podcast guests. Time and time again is the thing about you know what what you love doing, and I hope hopefully this resonates. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you you love helping your clients, you love seeing their success, and that's what drives you and your passion for for the business and for the industry and for and for your for your company, for your firm. You know, just because the labour might slightly reduce in in lodging a tax return, it it's almost doing the industry a disservice. The the benefit that it brings to the economy and the people that you serve to be so short-sighted as as to sort of consider that you know all accountants do is a tax return, right? <laughs>
1: That's right. And the one thing that I would pass on to any accountant is not to have that attitude. The tax return should be a byproduct of what you do.
0: Should should be one tiny little bit of the whole the whole process, right?
1: It <laughs> is, and it's it's really necessary. And I grew a large compliance practice deliberately because I that's a basic bread and butter while well, I had great fun doing the advisory stuff. so
0: yeah, yeah, you let everybody else do the hard work and you
1: have the fun as well. That's right. And the other, the other thing that for any other young accountant which I'm telling my co-directors is to develop a really good referral network so that you can get people referring to you, which is how I've got the 30% out of Taranaki is because... that referral network has worked really well. That 30% represents quite good sized businesses, like with 20 million plus turnover. So that, you know, and that comes from um, doing a good job, but also having a can-do attitude. You know, it's the fact that they might be in Perth or in Melbourne or uh, somewhere like that or in Reno, should not be the constraint, you know, the constraint really just needs to be your ability to use technology You need to be making sure that you can do that well. And if you can't, you have somebody, we've got a fantastic IT guy called Mike, and he just will do anything for anybody, and he's amazing. And, you know, you need those people on your team. And he offers services to our clients, and he's he's available for us when we need him. And it's a great addition to an accountancy practice to have your own IT team.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's sort of like you don't build a house without a plumber, and the IT these days is the, is the plumbing of of most businesses. <laughs> Let, let's just talk a bit a bit bit more about passion. Have you have you got a is there a, a client story that comes to mind? Somebody you've worked with over the, you know, over the journey that perhaps sort of overcame uh, adversity, or you know, like just just a a, a lovely story you could finish us with.
1: <laughs> I've got lots of incredible stories. I get people who are on the verge of bankruptcy, and you know, and we build their business and build them to incredibly successful businesses. That are and and personally, the you know, the first goal always is to pay their own, pay their mortgage off and have debt in the businesses. And I've, because of my property bend, I've been very fortunate that I've encouraged people to make investment in property, which thank goodness has been the right
0: advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, it looks great in hindsight. Well done, Mark. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, it's a bit of a lottery. But, um, I grew, you know, I grew up in a small rural town in New Zealand and, you know, farming is my background and, you know, I've been able to go to the top in New Zealand in that rural place. I chaired the Rural Advisory Committee for Chartered Accountants ANZ for 10 years. Thoroughly so I really enjoyed that. It was a great opportunity to learn new skills and to impart my knowledge on people around the country. And we did some really good work. The um, Special Purpose Financial Reporting in New Zealand, the, the format for the rural, we put together uh, for zero. So it's been a, a great opportunity to impart knowledge. But, the, you know, seeing those clients and even the farmers, you know, obviously they're in New Zealand, they're price takers, not price makers. And it's a little bit difficult to when the prices are down, but being able to get them to build resilience into their business has been a huge success. You know, whether they uh, there used to be a big culture in New Zealand of get as much debt as you like and don't pay it off. That hasn't been a great success story, and I never supported it, thank goodness, because now it's proved to be the right answer, that, that if you have debt, then you should really be building that into part of your use of your profits that you're making to quit that debt. And to always have resilience in your business, and and the pandemic, of course, has proved that to be the right answer. Those those people who you, our hearts all bleed for the travel agents, the cafes, the bars, the the event organisers, all of those people, those people that had resilience are still going to be there, and those are the people who managed their money well. They're the people who planned for an event like this, not knowing what it was, but had and the ability to borrow so they may have spent their money that they've been making on paying their own home off and now they can go and borrow and keep their business alive because there will be life after the pandemic we all know that
0: there will be a new normal (laughs) yes
1: there will and that new normal will hopefully will mean that those businesses uh, you know hit it because the other guys will be knocked out and you'll have a better share of the market
0: wonderful place to perhaps leave us off and Marilyn, I just wanna reiterate how much our team enjoys working with our team at Carbon enjoys working with Tandem, yourself and tandem and thank you for getting all our New Zealand <laughs> structures and everything in place. I'm sure I'm sure you've got We're looking forward to your growing here. Oh yeah, we us too, us too. We if we if we can put a couple of hundred people to to, to work, we'll absolutely do our best to do so.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'd love that. it will be great. We've got a great product.
0: Oh, Thank you, Meryl. It's been so, so nice to see. I think we've only sort of met in passing briefly before, and this has been a wonderful chat. I've, I've really enjoyed it so much.
1: <laughs> thank you, Rita, for your work.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a 1,000 free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining, and see you on the next episode of the Accounting Leaders podcast.